the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. You're invited to join us in worship via live streaming this Sunday morning at either 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Visit LargoCC.org and click on Watch Live. How attracted are we to Jesus? If we are attracted to Him, we're going to follow Him. And we're going to love following Jesus. Loving Jesus makes it easy to follow Him. Welcome once again to The Healing Word. Today we're wrapping up a series of messages focused on the early days of Jesus' ministry. So now, let's join Pastor Jack Morris for an introduction of today's message, What is the Attraction? God has given me a special message today. It's entitled, What is the Attraction? It's when Jesus called two of the disciples of John the Baptist to follow him. That day he ended up with about five, his first five following him. And from then on, the 12, and then it went into multitudes following him. So what's the attraction? Jesus is the attraction. Friend, he cares for you, he loves you, and everyone is attracted to people who care for us and love us. He loves you, friend. He wants to meet your need, whatever that need is. I want you to hear the message. Listen with your heart because God cares for you and he wants to help you. Truly, truly, God wants to help you. Jesus came to call us to himself, to the Father. By the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus comes into our lives with healing, blessing, forgiveness, whatever the need. Let's go into the sanctuary, hear the message, watch the attraction. Let's be attracted to Jesus today who cares and loves for us. If you have your Bibles open to John chapter 1, we're going to look at two times John the Baptist points to Jesus, and the second time he points to Jesus, his disciples, at least two of them, are attracted to him. They didn't get it the first time, but they got it the second time. And they never left him. I'll tell you, once Jesus touches your heart, your heart changes. Look at this. Look at verse 29. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now this is the, the next day or after Jesus returned from the temptation in the wilderness. That's the passage that I spoke from last Sunday. And now look, drop down to verse 35. It says all, basically the same thing. The next day, John was there again, again, and with two of his disciples. That when he saw Jesus passing by, he said basically the same thing that, that he said the day before. Look, the Lamb of God. Now, when he said it the second time, on the third day, two of his disciples started following Jesus. And Jesus turned around, saw them following him. Can you, can you imagine somebody following you wherever you're going? Wouldn't that sort of 
raise your curiosity a little bit? And so Jesus turned to them and asked them, what do you want? Isn't that what it says here in verse um, 38? Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? And what did they ask him? Look at the last part. Where are you staying? Now, at first, that seems like a very dumb question, doesn't it? I mean, look at, look at it for just a moment. Think about it for a moment. He has been designated the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then somebody says, where do you live? The Lamb of God? Where do you live? Couldn't they have thought of a better question than that? But that was the question that they asked him. Where do you live? Strange question. But that must be interpreted in light of the culture of that time. And a little bit goes on even to this day. The culture of that time is an, or, was an oriental type culture in the Middle East. And it is so that a person that is being designated as one of esteem, their background, their father's image, their family history is so absolutely important. That's what Nathaniel, when it was pointed out to Nathaniel, uh, this is the Lamb of God from Nazareth. He said, can any good thing come from Nazareth, a city like that? No one ever heard of that little village cabbage patch up on the mountain somewhere. There's nothing good that's ever come from there. So when a person in that culture uh, looked at an individual, that individual was esteemed depending upon that individual's father, his father's accomplishments, uh, his father's wealth. Uh, now, listen, even today, even today, somebody came on the parking lot here years ago, years ago. They, they spoke to me after the service and they said, wow, you have a lot of expensive automobiles out there on the parking lot. Well, don't we look at a person and say, well, do you see the house they live in? Do you know the neighborhood they live in? Do you see the car they drive? Do you know what kind of job they have? Either that person's going higher and higher, depending on all of these external trappings. That's even so here in America. One of my favorite writers, uh, Dr. Ravi Zacharias, is a man from India, the country of India. And India is part of that culture that esteems a family or an individual based upon the family's background, family's history, the family's wealth. And uh, Reverend Zachariah said that uh, he had been in this country for a number of years, fell in love with a woman in Canada, married her. And then after a number of years, he was invited back to his home country, India, to preach at a convention. And he said that when the man got up to introduce him, the man tells about Zacharias's family, his dad, where they lived, the family's history, how long they had lived in the community. And he said his wife was astonished. She, her, she had that blank look on her face. What's he talking about? His dad's not going to be the one that brings the, the message. It's my husband. And he said that after a long, long introduction, all about his dad, Zacharias's dad, then one sentence, 
And today, his son is going to bring the message to us. And that was it. So these disciples of John, starting to follow Jesus, asked, where do you live? Where you live? Your family background? Where you're from? What kind of work you do? If you are the Lamb of God, tell us, show us. Well, Jesus said, come and see. Come and I will show you. I wonder what he showed them. On one occasion, Jesus said, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has not where to lay his head. So what did he show them? The scripture plainly indicates that he never owned any property, never owned a house. I don't know whether where he took them under a tree somewhere and talked to them, but all day and all night, he talked to them about the kingdom of God and the word of God. They became so enchanted, so impressed, so attracted. You see, friends, some people love the word of God. And when the word of God is being taught and preached, they're there. Because I just can't get enough of the word of God. It feeds my soul. It strengthens me on the inner man. It reveals Jesus to me. It brings me into the greatest fellowship on earth. And on I could go telling you about the word of God. So Jesus gave them the word of God. And these two disciples came back. One of them was named Andrew. His name is given in this chapter. The other's name is not given. But we assume that his name was John, the writer of the gospel of John. These two disciples came back and Andrew finds his brother Peter and says, we have found the Messiah. And then Jesus finds Philip. Philip finds Jesus. Philip finds Nathaniel. All of a sudden, there are five of the 12 disciples already lined up to follow Jesus. Friend, this question is today, how attracted are we to Jesus If we are attracted to him, we're going to follow him. And we're going to love following Jesus. Loving Jesus makes it easy to follow him. Every one of those disciples, except the Apostle John, who wrote the book of John, the Gospel of John, the book of Revelation, and was one of the disciples of John the Baptist who followed Jesus on that first following, that is the only disciple that died a natural death. All the rest of them were crucified or stoned to death or died. But when you're following Jesus, nothing can keep you from loving him, serving him, and worshiping him. Hey, friend, how tied in are you? Come on, we need to look at ourselves. How attracted are we? These men were attracted to Jesus. Now, when they came back, they were telling everybody about Jesus. They didn't come back and say, oh, we found where he lives. We know who his dad is. His dad's a carpenter. Well, if they had started talking like that, a carpenter was not a person of high professional esteem. His dad was not an officer in the synagogue. It was not anything about Jesus' culture, his personal culture that attracted them. It was Jesus. It was Jesus that attracted them. And they came back not talking about what the man had, What Jesus had, what he possessed, it was Jesus that they were attracted to and that they loved. Andrew 
Philip, Nathaniel, John, these men were coming in attracted to the Lord Jesus Christ. Years ago, Craig and I visited London, England. We were on a vacation, and uh, I had the privilege of going to Westminster Chapel on a morning worship service. You know, I just can't stay away from church. I've got to be with the people of God, and if it's in England, fine. When I went to Africa to teach, it was there. When I go to the Philippines, it's there. The people of God are my people. That's, that's the strongest binding family on earth, the spirituality, because I'm going to live with you throughout all eternity. We will return for the conclusion of today's message following this important update on how you can make a difference in lives across the world by supporting the Healing Word Ministry. Will you consider partnering with Pastor Morris today by praying for the ministry and consider sending a gift to help us in reaching those who are struggling with life's challenges and need hope for tomorrow? You can make your tax-deductible donation in a matter of minutes by visiting our website, largocc.org. Click on The Healing Word and follow the Donations tab to complete your support of this vital ministry. Now, let's join Pastor Jack Morris for the conclusion of today's message. A man alive. People are attracted to life. When I go into a hospital... One of the very places I always enjoy is going down by and looking at the newborn babies. Why? They're alive. It's new life. Life has come. Don't you like babies? Okay. (laughs) Life. We're attracted to life. We're not attracted to death. I remember years ago, I was a little boy, when I was with my cousins, we were driving down the road and um, we went by a cemetery and I said to them, I said, oh, look, there's a graveyard. They said, hey, don't say that. Don't look that way. Don't look that way. Well, people aren't attracted to death, but to life. But many people are dead in trespasses and sins, but they're still young, like the rich young ruler. They're, They're wealth. They've got good jobs. They have a great income, but they don't have life. But Jesus offers life. And these men were attracted to Jesus because he was a man alive. They were attracted to him because he was a man who knew. He, he spoke like no other man. He, he, his words rang true. And they were interested in hearing the word of God. And every opportunity, I mean, they stayed up all night and listened to him talk. And what did he talk the very thing that I have in my hand and that you have in your hand this, this morning. Life. He talked the word of God. Friend, listen. And I know you are, and I thank you for listening. You know and I know there is so much falsehood in the world today. When I'm watch, looking at my computer, there's advertisements pop up, pop up, pop I'm continually clicking them away because I can't read the email because the advertisements are coming over the email or over the thing that I'm trying to find and, and, and search for. And, and they're telling me all of this that, that's going to make life beautiful and wonderful. And if I'd only buy, if I'd only buy this, if I'd only order that, and on and on it goes. And what can I say about the politicians today? I'll say nothing. How about that? <laughs> You've already heard it in your own heart. <laughs> Who can we believe but Jesus spoke 
and his words were true. They entered into the heart and his words were alive and it made those men feel alive. No wonder they came back and said, we have found the Messiah. And my question is, friend, ask yourself today, have you found the Messiah? Have you drifted away to any degree? Uh, the world has an attraction and it will attract us, but he has a greater attraction. If we'll turn to him and look to him, he will draw us to himself. And he was a man who cared. A man who cared. You see, Jesus was so alive and Jesus spoke such great truth. On one occasion, the Pharisees asked the officers, the police officers, to go arrest him and bring him back. Go arrest Jesus and bring him back. Well, the officers went. Now, the officers weren't prejudiced at all. They, had, they didn't care one way or another. They were just following orders. That's all they were doing, just following orders. So they went to arrest Jesus, and after a considerable amount of time, they came back without him. And so the Pharisees said, we sent you to arrest Jesus. Where is he? And you know what those disciples said? Something that I hope you and I can say. They said, never a man spoke like that man speaks. We've never heard anything like it. You see, what happened was they went to arrest Jesus. They heard the words of Jesus and his words arrested them. Friend, come under the arrest of Jesus. Let him take you and put you into his kingdom of life and joy. And he was a man who cared. Friend, those three things should attract anybody to him. A man who is alive. A man who knows about heaven and earth and how to live the abundant life. A man who cares. You see, Jesus was always attracted to sickness to suffering, to sorrow. It, it seemed to pull him in. And every funeral procession, you read it, if every funeral procession that he came in contact with, he broke it up by raising the dead to life again. Amen. He doesn't like death, not even spiritual death. But he's alive and he brings life. There was a funeral procession, the, the widow of Nain, her young son, died. He was her only possession. He was her only support. And she was deeply grieved. And they passed by Jesus, the funeral bearers. They were on their way to the cemetery. And Jesus walked over, touched that casket, brought that man back to life again, gave him back to his mother and said, here's your son who loves you. Here's your son who's going to support you. Jesus cares about people and he sees grief and he knows who's grieving and he knows what's causing grief. But he will enter into that grief because he cares. He's a Christ of compassion, the Jesus of compassion. The sisters of Lazarus were weeping and Jesus knew he was going to raise Lazarus, but he identified with their grief and he wept with them. Friend, Jesus cares about you today. If I could only communicate that, that Jesus cares about you and where you are and what you're experiencing. He's a man alive. He's a man who speaks truth. Come, hear the word, and let your faith be built up and be acquainted with him. 
You can only be acquainted with him through his word. And if you ignore the word, you're never going to get acquainted with him. Come on, we need to make a few changes. These disciples said, where do you live? Where do you stay? Let's sit at the feet of Jesus and learn of him and allow him to excite us and turn us on. And then he said to the disciples, he said, follow me. On one occasion, the Italian sculptor Michelangelo was chipping away at a big stone of marble. And someone that had said walked by and asked him, well, what are you doing? He said, and he kept chipping away. He said, I'm releasing the angel in that block of stone. He designed an angel. Friend, God wants to release something in you. He wants to make you the hero that he born you into this life to be. Stop living the dead life. Say, it's Jesus, and I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to do his will. I'm going to serve him. You see, Jesus sees us not as we are, but as he can make us to become. The hero that's in there, he's going to release by his words, by his power, by his truth. He will speak words of life, will he not? As he said, Lazarus, come forth. Friend, if you don't hear the word of God, if you don't read the word of God, you're never going to hear him call your name and say, come forth. But today, I believe you're hearing him call your name. He's calling you into that person, that being that he birthed you into this world to be. And he cares about you. He says, come and you will see. That's what he said to the disciples, those two disciples. Come and you will see. Come and I'll make you the man that I designed you to be. We're trying to make something out of ourselves, enhance our life, lift ourselves up. Glorify ourselves, Make ourselves young again. We can't do that, but sometimes with the right makeup, we can look a little younger than... We're, we're trying to do all of this, and we just keep failing year after year after year. Friend, this is the day the Lord has made. This is the day that God's going to cause you to rejoice and be happy in Him. This is the day, provided... Provided you're attracted to Jesus. And the way to get attracted to Jesus is to draw near to him. And you're under the sound of his word this morning. Now the decision is yours to make. The scripture says in Psalm 142 verse 4. It talks about the person who feels alone. Lost. No one cares. There's a song that has been written. No man careth for my soul. No one cares for me. This can become a very lonely world. Oh, we have a lot of people that we know by first name, but they're so distant. They have their own troubles, their own worries, their own concerns. I remember hearing that song, No man careth for my soul. Yes, there's someone who does. Psalm 142, verse 4, No one is concerned for me. No one cares for my life. Yes, Jesus does. Follow me, he says, and he'll lead you into life. You'll step right into happiness. You'll step right into heavenly bliss if you give your heart to Jesus 
And if you've drifted and been attracted and the attraction has caused you to be somewhat dim in your vision and there's been a film over your spiritual eyes, come on, he has a new set of lens for you to look through today. His word, his life. Are you ready to step into life, into happiness, into heavenly bliss, to be the hero that he's birthed you into this world to be? Let's bow before him. You ready? Jesus is here. Let's bow before him. We hope you've been blessed by the message today, What is the Attraction?, and by the entire series that was featured this week. The Healing Word is a ministry of the Largo Community Church and exists to grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. But we can't do it alone. Will you consider partnering with Pastor Morris today by praying for the ministry? And consider sending a gift to help us in reaching those who are struggling with life's challenges and need hope for tomorrow. You can make your tax-deductible donation in a matter of minutes by visiting our website, largocc.org. Click on the Healing Word and follow the Donations tab to complete your support of this vital ministry. You can also mail a check made out to The Healing Word to 1701 Enterprise Road in Bowie, Maryland, 20721. Be sure to tune in Monday at the same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until then, blessings on you.